It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. Countdown clock is always so dramatic, and I always feel like I'm falsely building anticipation because at the end of it, yeah, it's just me. It's Carcon Carne. I'm James Van Alsel. The show is sponsored tonight by C&H Financial Services, also by our friends at Siren Records McHenry. Coming up here on Carcon Carne, well, it's episode 588. We are inching ever closer to episode 600. Soon, soon enough, probably episode 600, Carcon Carne will return to the car of Carcon Carne, and I'll keep doing episodes like this. I, my goal, my not even goal, my plan is to get back in the car, visit local restaurants, have guests join me in the car, fully vaccinated guests join me in the car, but also use this technology to be able to interview artists, interesting people who I wouldn't be able to get in my car, people from out of town, people who otherwise just can't get to my car. So it'll be kind of a two-pronged approach. I'll keep doing these video remote interviews and i'll also do stuff in the car coming up tomorrow night on car con carne it is the return of the band marina city next week television actor kenny johnson he's been in a million different things uh, musician justice hill will be joining us next week and blue island brewery will check in with them it's always important to support our craft brewing community which is kind of like supporting the independent music community and when you talk about supporting independent music my god is there a label more exciting more enduring then Pravda Records, Ken Goodman, the, the man behind Pravda Records, joins me tonight. And Ken, I was saying right before we went live, this is long overdue. I'm so glad to have the chance to talk about Pravda Records tonight. Yeah, it's great to be here. I've been watching your show for forever, and uh, it was great that you asked me on. There, there's so much to get to, and I, I guess we'll start current and work our way backward. Most recently, you, you put out the Josh Caterer Hideout Sessions record on vinyl. Is there a renewed interest in physical music, or am I just projecting my own interest on the general public? Well, I think there's a huge interest in physical music. Uh, we sell CDs still, and we sell vinyl. Um, and people, like in the last year, obviously, have been at home. And they're, they're, they're going old school, and they're listening to records, and they're listening to CDs. They're at home on, on the couch uh, listening to music. So for the music industry... People, it's been kind of booming in a, in a sort of a weird way. I've talked to people at record stores or during great business. People are now able to go into record stores, browse the shelves like they used to, bring home records. And since they can't go out see bands, they can't go out and do anything, they, they listen to records and eat pizza or something. You know, it's, it's fantastic um, as far as what's been happening with records we've been like shipping out more records than we ever have shipped out that's amazing and that's kind of what i expected because what you just described the buying records and eating pizza that's been my past 13 months that's all i've done and it's sat right here that's my it. Past 35 years <laughs> <laughs> baby for a while there i mean physical music seemed to be in dire straits i mean licensing was where label revenue was was coming from but it's nice to kind of refine or reacquaint yourself with this other positive revenue stream yeah it was dormant for a bit exactly it's it's been like rejuvenated where like you you can sell records again and and, and uh 
get back to that source of, of, of income for the label. Like you said before, it was like, okay, you make a little bit of money streaming and, and all this, the new technology, which is great. You know, I, I like it, but the, the actual physical sales were, were waning for years and years prior to this. And now it's like, yeah, everyone's doing vinyl. Everyone's doing, you know, special editions and we're, we're, we're doing gatefold sleeves. We're doing, um, 160 gram vinyl it's it's just mm-hmm. really fun again it is and i just being stuck at home for the past 13 months being able to have this stuff come to my door or go to a record store and the, the josh caterer record it's just it's a gorgeous like you said gatefold cover and those yeah. 160 gram records they feel substantive when you pull those out of out of the sleeve they feel like you have something meaningful in it's your a, hands it's a, it's a heavy product it's like it's yeah it's like a really massive you know, because the record's thick, the gatefold is thick. Mm-hmm. It's not flimsy, and it, it's 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 like got all these pictures and information in it, and a download card, so you can you can down download it. But you put it on, and you look at you know you look at the sleeve, and you take it all in as like a experience, like you know like it's bit like it was in the you know nineteen seventies. Yeah, what is old is new again. You know, I've. You are a Chicago label, but you haven't defined yourself by Chicago artists. You, you've had plenty of artists who have not been local. Josh Caterer is local. Um, and I guess that, that leads to my overarching thought or question. Provda Records hasn't been narrowly defined like some of the other labels we've seen through the years. I know if I pick up a Bloodshot record, I kind of know exactly what that sound's going to be. You're more... I, I guess it's just about good music, right? I mean, it's not really one specific, you, you haven't pigeonholed yourself into one type of product. No, I mean, that would be boring to me. I mean, uh, my musical, you know, life has been all over the map and my my passions for music are all over the map. And I, I, I don't want to be bored. I don't want to have every record sound alike. So I, I take every band indiv- individually and uh, take it on for what it is. If it's like a, a soul record, and I, you know, and I'm into it, and uh, I'll, I'll do that. If it's a experimental band like Cheer Accident, you know, I'll be like, oh, I love this. So I, I have so many. I have a wide uh, range of of music that I love, and I don't want to just do one thing. Because I, my whole life, you know, my I started out, you know, playing jazz, but I, you know, I like, you know, indie rock. I like uh, soul music, like deep cuts. I like experimental music. I mean, there's so much, mm-hmm. you know, fascinating music out there that I just take, like I said, individually, I, I take it, take it on, and, and we market it for what it is, and uh, it sometimes you know, is different from other labels that have a sound, mm-hmm. but I, I, I just didn't want to do that. I wanted to do each, each artist and each, you know, record as, as its own thing and uh, make it work. Since the beginning of Pravda Records, we've seen plenty of other independent labels rise a lot to varying degrees of success. Some, some degree of success. A lot of those labels are no longer with us. 
Pravda is still here. Pravda is still pushing out product. Pravda is fulfilling mail orders. It, what is it? Is it is it the product? Is it stubbornness? Is it tenacity? Why are you still here, Ken Goodman? I don't know. It's wild. I don't know. It, like I, I, I started the label when I was 22 years old. I had you know I was very ambitious. And I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, start this label uh, and sign bands and. Uh, so I was, yeah, I was, I was a 22 year old record executive trying to figure out, you know, how to do it. And, uh, it just, it keeps evolving and I'm, I'm still excited about it. I'm still passionate about it. And, uh, I, I really like the bands on the label for the most part. I really, I really enjoy, uh, working with these artists and working with these bands and uh, nurturing the, you know, the, 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 the records so we can figure out how to market them. And it, it's, it's just really great that a lot of time has elapsed. I'm like, Oh, I'm still excited and I'm still um, discovering new bands. Bands are coming to me. I'm, I'm, you know, always searching for bands. I'm, I, you know, I, I'm on the road a lot and I discover bands and then um, they, they have friends and they have friends come to me. So it's, it's, it's like, very exciting right now there's so there's so many good bands a lot of people say oh you know rock and roll is dead or all this stuff but i i i listen to a lot of stuff i on serious radio or whatever i'm like there's so many great that's just it bands now and there, there always is you just got to find it i mean that's it I, I i have the same problem I, I roll my eyes every time i hear that rock is dead there's nothing good music, right. was, music was so much better back in whatever i, I, oh. I think and i've i've beat this point to death but i really think the issue is just curation people don't know where to find the good stuff yeah well, it, it, it's harder in this wild west where you have access to everything and there are no rules it's harder to drill down and find the stuff you're into between spotify and, and sirius and uh, apple and you, you know you can find it but i think the problem is at least when you get older a lot of people stop listening to music and they keep going back to what they listened to in high school and college. And they're like, just keep going back to that. Oh, I, you know, I love Led Zeppelin and, and, and the doors and, and Fleetwood Mac. And there are, you know, what, all that stuff. They, they can't go beyond that. If when you, when you get older and it, cause it's harder to discover new music uh, and you get stuck of like, oh, I'm listening to classic rock that I listened to when I was a freshman in college. So the, it's hard to get to those people and, get them to discover all the, the great music that is out there, both, you know, on indie labels and major labels and, uh, you know, bands putting out their own stuff. It, sure. There's so much good stuff. And, you know, like, like I like, you know, world music. I like uh, jazz. I like, you know, classical music. So there's, there's so much always out there that, that is great. You just gotta, you know, weed through stuff that's not great and find it and this makes me wonder how first of all is there a formal submission process because i have a lot of musicians who watch and listen to the show is there a formal submission process and beyond that how many submissions would you say you get in a year at Pravda? we don't have a formal uh like form or process no we don't um but we do get a lot of submissions um, via emails. Um, bands will send us all kinds of stuff, um, mostly links to their music mm -hmm. on SoundCloud or 
their EPKs or this and, you know, the way thing, people send stuff now, it's all digital. Uh, we, we used to get like, mail, you know, envelopes in the mail of their yeah. press kits and CDs and tapes. And we don't get those t too much anymore, but we just get flooded with emails from all over the world because why not? You know, you can yeah. be anywhere and you send an email to, to labels. Uh, it's, but it's not a formal process. It's just like, you know, tons of emails from bands looking for record deals for, you know, for some reason, I, you know, and very rarely is that how we sign bands. I mean, it has happened um, where I, it just gets discovered that way. It has happened. And I, I listen, I, me and other people here, we listen, I listen to everything almost that I get. Cause I'm curious. And there are companies and lawyers that send us stuff and, and, uh, third-party people and uh, submission, you know, all these managers and that send stuff, which is, which is fine. And we, you know, I'm, I, like I said, I'm curious, so I listen to it, but I, you know, we, we don't answer everybody because we just get unsolicited submissions right. on a daily basis. But occasionally we get something while it's like, that's kind of really great, you know, and can we, can we do something with that? Can we act, you know, can we market it? Is it a good business decision? You know, it, it all depends on uh, a lot of factors and we can only do so much with our resources Sure, and release, you know, a certain amount of records per year. I, I, I appreciate that rush when you do find that diamond in the rough, when you do find that, that thing in the stack, I mean, just hosting local music shows on my end since like 95, you sift through a lot of stuff, but every now and then you, you stumble upon something you're like, where did this come from? Who are you? How did you end up in my life? And hooray. It's you keep chasing that high. Like I, I know there are more of those out there. I'm going to find them. Yeah. And it's, it, it could come from anywhere. Like we have, we, we, we've got several bands that are just like wonderful bands from Iowa. We have bands from Austin, Texas. We have been mm -hmm. early on the, in the, in the uh, days of the label, we had a fantastic band from Lincoln, Nebraska called 13 nightmares. It was like this really intense, great, um, kind of grungy band. And then we have bands from, uh, right, right now we have a band we just released from, from Belgrade in Serbia called the red step. And it's like a really intense band. It's one guy from the black heart procession, which is kind of an underground band. And, uh, you know, there's this, there's this underground, uh, music scene in, in Belgrade. And so we, we tap into stuff from all, like I said, like you said, all over, the world we don't just focus on chicago bands but i love chicago bands we we have a lot flat five you know josh um so there's, there's no specific place where we we look for bands and you put out the matt wilson album yeah he's year. from minneapolis we, we had a lot of bands from minneapolis matt wilson was from trip shakespeare he's this amazing songwriter i, I uh, was thinking you know when i saw you put out the matt wilson record I thought, and I was trying to think. No, Pravda didn't put out Trip Shakespeare. That was Twin Tone. But then I remembered. Oh no, Pravda did have some something to do with Trip Shakespeare back in the day. They're on one of the KTEL comps. Yeah, we put out three volumes of of uh, tribute to KTEL compilations, and we we yeah, there you go. And we uh, you know searched the country for bands to do seventies uh, one hit wonder songs, and Trip Shakespeare had this great version of uh, uh, Go All the Way that we we loved. And, you know, Trip Shakespeare always came to Chicago. I used to see him at the Cubby Bear. Uh, 
-hmm. and uh, Matt and Dan Wilson and and Dan Wilson went on to be this like superstar songwriter, right? Like big time, and uh, so yeah, it's like it all comes around. Like you work with a band in you know 1994, then like you know 2020. You know, he has a solo record that's really great. And, <laughs> you know, we rediscover each other and put out his his record 20 years later or whatever. So that, that's what's fun about it. Like, every you, the people you meet early on, I'll, you know, that was come around and have another project or um, something going on that, you know, is ongoing that you can still work with the same people. And there's a lesson for people navigating through the music industry. Don't be a dick. Yeah, don't, don't burn bridges. Yeah, you'll see the same people down the road. They're, they'll be there two decades later. Yeah, you're going to be working with the same people uh, twenty five years later. It's so They're true. The same thing. Like I'm, I'm. There's certain people that I've been working with, like since 1990. You know, it's it's great. I love it. Uh, Let's talk about the KTEL comps, the, the KTEL tributes. I held them up. If you're listening to the podcast, you can't see, but uh, these are treasured CDs in my library. Even as I thinned the CD herd, my CD collection, these are, I mean, I, this, I, I think I've had this since it came out, the jewel cases busted, but uh, these, these are just, these are delightful. And I think these were defining moments for Pravda. Yeah, those were, uh, those were our biggest sellers at the time. Um. We started out with 20 Explosive Dynamic Super Smash Hit Explosions, uh, 1990, uh, where we got the Smashing Pumpkins to do a track. Jackie Blue. Yeah, before they before they blew up. Billy Corgan was working at a record store on Broadway. And our offices were on Southport. Right. And uh, I'm like, we should have the Smashing Pumpkins, you know, do a song and I basically just walked over to the record store he was working at. You know, he was just behind the counter. I said, do you guys want to do a song? He's like, yeah, sure. Anyway, it, that's how that deal went down. Um, uh -huh. And then, yeah, we got uh, you know, Material Issue. Um, well, you know, the Slugs oh, hooked out a feeling. That the Slugs were yours. Slugs were a profitable band. Feeling is classic. And uh, put together 20, 20 tracks of 70s One Hit Wonders redone by bands from all over the country and it just it did great it, you know we had it on vinyl we had it on cd and we had it on cassette and uh, at the time we also had the pravda uh, record store outlet you know and that was on at the metro on clark street and we you know we were just selling gobs of them out of there i, I remember that will you reissue again some of this stuff because it's all sold out and out of print, right? Well, we have a few. We have some left on CD. The vinyl is out of print. Uh, the, we have boxes of cassettes, but um, you know, there be there there happen to be some licensing issues with Smashing Pumpkins, um, legal issues that were problematic after after uh, a while. Well, we cannot, we can't do any more vinyl on it. Um, so, no. <laughs> In short, no, that, that will not happen. It won't Fair. happen. But it, we, the, the second and third version, Star Power and, and 20 more, 
are less problematic. But yeah, those are still in print actually um, on CD. And uh, volume two is still in print on cassette. The uh, red, red meat version of I'm Not in Love. Yeah. It's oh, man. Beautiful. It's so beautiful. Such great stuff. I think the first Pravda record I heard, I was doing college radio. Uh, I think the first Pravda song I ever played on the radio was Clock That Won't Stop by the Slugs. I probably oh. told probably what, told Doug Julen that a million times. What, what college station were you at? Uh, this was KJHK in Lawrence, Kansas. Oh, I love Lawrence, Kansas. That was a great uh, college music town. You got the, mm -hmm. you know, the embarrassment. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, yes. There was so many bands that were, that were the, the bottleneck club. There was the, like the yeah. hub of indie music. But yeah. The slugs record, uh, is a very early prompt release that we did on, on vinyl and cassette. And it had some pop gems on it. Yeah. Is Doug Julian a songwriting genius? Yes. He's one of my best friends, and yeah, he's just still writing great songs with Sunshine Boys. Yeah, uh, he plays in Poi Dog Pondering. He plays with me in Expo Seventy. I mean, he's just always doing a lot of stuff. Also, one of the funniest people I've ever met. Very funny, in a very funny way. <laughs> so through the years, I mean, there have been. We can't get into every artist you've put out or released product from, but. Was there one or two who, when you finally heard the finished recording, the, when the record was basically turned in, that just kind of took your breath away and you thought, oh man, this is, this is beyond my wildest dreams? There was a lot, a lot of them like that. Um, early on, we put out a record by Green that I, th I thought was a masterpiece. Uh, Elaine McKenzie back in, I don't know what year that was. 89 maybe 87 uh that yeah i thought like we we had a masterpiece in that record um i think the matt wilson record is a pop masterpiece mm -hmm. um and there's, there's i mean you know we have hundreds of releases so i can't right can't, uh everything but um yeah there were moments where like you know, I'm like, oh, this is going to be <laughs> the first Diplomats of Solid Sound, I think, is a soul master. It's a soul uh, masterpiece of a record that we put out. And it still has these classic songs like Soul Connection that are, it's used in films, you know, all the time because it's got such a great vibe and a great production that we had done in London. So, um, yeah, those moments are great when you get this, you know, and sometimes you're you're disappointed. Like, why doesn't the rest of the world think this is the best record ever made in the history of music? But I've, I've thought that about a lot of a lot of your releases I, in the 90s. Yeah. I don't understand why Boom Hank wasn't a thing. Yeah, I mean, that's our classic like indie rock record. And so in the moment, it was so yeah. in line with with the best stuff that was being put out at the time. It just. I, I felt like that one had legs, but the, somehow it just never. Took yeah, off. it didn't take off, and uh, but it, it's still it's still out there. I mean, that, that's the thing about these records, uh, and and Spotify and stuff like this, that like our catalog is available, you know, um, on these platforms now, where they can be rediscovered, and you know, you don't have to go out and 
find a CD or cassette or you just go online and you're like, oh, this record from 1995 is, was really good. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's all archived. It's all out there. And every once in a while, you, you get some gratitude, oh, you know, from people that rediscover it or tell you that they loved it back then. So it's all out there. And, you know, you never know what's going to happen with an old record. We've had resurgences of records also that, you know, is gratifying. I'm waiting for the Wake Ulu resurgence. Well, that one, yeah. I mean, those, those three records that by Wake Ulu, which is Glenn Mercer from the Feelys uh, band and, and his solo record are all, to me, like great Feelys records. You know, yes. they really have a, this that weird vibe the Feelys have. But a little, a little different. But it's Glenn Mercer and Dave Weckerman from the Feelys, you know, doing what they do, which you know people love, and that actually did really well for us. I love that stuff. And uh, did I see correctly? You're putting out Steve Dawson's next. Record? Yes, the next record is this. Really, we already got the CDs in stock coming out in July. It's the Steve Dawson record. Um, he's from Dolly Varden, an amazing songwriter, amazing songwriter. Chicago uh, talent. And yeah, we're, that's coming up um, in July. The first single actually comes out in um, two or three weeks. So as the world is making tentative steps to open back up, as people are getting vaccinated, this has got to be an exciting time for you. You can go see and support music. Hopefully yeah this year i mean hopefully i mean who knows <laughs> i mean people are starting to play outdoor shows and patios and no you know i don't think anyone's indie artists are booking their club tours yet because right. no one knows which clubs can actually exist uh this summer but um we're hopeful everyone's getting vaccinated and everyone like we put out that Matt Wilson record last March. It came out the day <laughs> everything shut down. The record release show was a sold out show at a Minneapolis theater. Of course it was canceled. Uh, and we had in stores at record stores all over Minneapolis. But between the pandemic and the George Floyd events, yeah. Minneapolis was you know hopeless for doing anything. And then his whole national tour dates were immediately all canceled one after the other that that was, so that came out that week in march that everything went to shit so do you just relaunch then i mean do you just do you treat it well, like a soft opening no because it's still closed i mean i mean but i'm really saying like down the road do you, do you kind of just kickstart everything like it's a like it's a new release how, how do you do that strategically? You can't do that a year later. What, what we did was just um, figure out how to sell a lot of mail orders online and how to do have him perform online. You know, we, his record release party was online, mm -hmm. and he's done a lot of. Uh, right now, he's doing every other week. Uh, performing in his basement, doing these shows that are become very popular and actually have sold records. But yeah, you, we just figure out what we can do mm -hmm. is 
online concerts or streaming and promoting uh, mail order business. Yeah. So, okay. The, we should mention the website cause the web store is there and people who are watching or listening should get their hands on some records while we're talking about this or CDs. Yeah, we have, we have all the stuff, uh, CD you can even download. Um, Pravdamusic.com is our, our official website, and uh, you can preview stuff, listen to stuff, buy stuff, download stuff. You can get, get it all hands on, on Discogs the, also. Get your hands on that handsome new Josh Caterer record. Yeah, beautiful record. See, I knew he, I knew he was going to move on to great things after he did the theme song to my podcast. I knew that it was all just going to be a big deal after that after he did that yeah it was it was clear it was was clear that his future was was set in fact i'm going to take credit for his success on Pravda records because of the theme song to carcon carne yeah not a stretch i think we should pay you some money that's that's exactly right i agree i agree ken goodman uh so Pravda records carries on before i let you go as you look back on literal decades of running this label literal decades of putting out all this cool music are there one or two high points or moments that that kept you in the game that made you think this is why i do what i do there's more than one or two but it could be when uh, i brought tiny tim over to my parents house for dinner i mean i have a i have a uh we had a a sub label called bug uh, bug house and we released all these outsider artists called like tiny tim mm-hmm. who i met in a gas station in iowa uh hazel atkins uh cordell jackson and the legendary stardust cowboy so that sub label was really fun we recorded these artists live at chicago clubs and we the live in chicago series so when i brought tiny tim to chicago uh for his show which was at now called martyrs but back then it was called quicksilver we recorded him live at the gig but he i picked him up at the airport he was coming from australia and uh my parents were like oh bring him over (laughs) so i brought tiny tim to my parents house in skokie for a nice uh dinner and tiny tim was kind of hitting on my mom and kind of serenading her with his ukulele at the dinner table, which my dad thought was great and was photographing um, and filming, you know? Um, so like I say that moment was kind of a classic moment in, you know, record producing history um, and just hanging out with Tiny Tim for like four days and was, was, was beautiful and very surreal. But <laughs> and well, next, thing, next thing you know, you're having pita in with your parents and tiny Tim for dinner and everything's. Oh, sorry. no, my mom, my mom cooked him a beautiful pasta dinner. He's a vegetarian and he came to my house, my parents' house, and uh, he drank like a uh, 12 pack of Heineken and then ate my mom's pasta. And then, uh, like I said, was hitting on my mom um, in a very beautiful way. That's um, amazing. Yeah, that, that's stuff you don't forget. Look. Mr. Goodman, I'm an impotent troubadour. Don't worry about me. But he's a guy. 
that's what he told me, but he was still like very aggressive, not aggressively, but uh, interestingly into my mom. Okay. All right. So, all right, we, we covered where to get the stuff. Uh, we can look out this summer for that Steve Dawson release. On yeah. Uh, yeah. The, Matt, the Matt Wilson is, is newish. Uh, then there are bands like the Imperial Sound, the Red Step, who you mentioned. There's the Caterer record. There's just so much. It's a treasure trove, Ken Goodman. Thank you. Thank you for, you know, mentioning all these records that hopefully uh, people will love. I love them. Well, I mean, to a, to a point you made at the beginning of our conversation, and people are ordering records. They're 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 supporting music. This is since we're not going out to see music, we're supporting. We're 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 ordering it in. And people are. It's been it's been really um, really wonderful how people are supporting the bands. They're donating. You know, a lot of bands people are donating uh, money to the bands, mm-hmm. uh, but buying their records mainly and their merchandise is really the best way to. Um, support these bands by you know by their the records their CDs their T-shirts all this stuff to to keep them going till they can play you know go back on tour and play gigs and interact with humans is is you know the goal but for now sit on the couch eat a pizza and listen to their records sold that's my routine all right Ken Goodman stay right there thank you everybody for watching and listening.